This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 146. So as normal for today, Sunday, April 11th, 2021, I am covering the latest news and rumors from the big four rumor sites. So let's head on over to Canon Rumors and see what they have for us this week. Let's do this. First up, here is the Canon RF 100mm f2.8 LIS USM macro. The first images of this lens have leaked ahead of the official announcement, which is expected later this month. What is interesting about this lens is on the barrel, it says SA Control. And there is a scale on the barrel. If you have any idea what that is, sound off on the forums. This lens still has the normal manual focus ring as well as the control ring. So this is something new. Could it be related to a recent patent? The official announcement date and pricing have yet to be leaked. So at this time, we don't know for sure when it's going to be released. But it is interesting that it has some sort of scale on it. Um, this would be something new for Canon in a lens, especially in a macro lens, and it will be intriguing to keep an eye on this and see what it is once we get the official announcement. Next up, Canon officially discontinues a lot more EF lenses. Canon has officially discontinued more EF glass. Some of them are already discontinued. Others will be discontinued sometime later in 2021. Below are the additions to the recently discontinued EF lens list that I am currently updating. Discontinued EF and EFS lenses, the Canon EFS 10-22 f3.5-4.5 USM, the Canon EF 14mm f2.8L USM, the Canon EFS 15-85 f3.5-5.6 IS USM, the Canon EF24-70 f4L IS USM macro, the Canon EFS 35mm f2.8 IS STM macro, the Canon EFS 55-250 f3.5-5.6 IS STM, the Canon EF70-300 f4-5.6 L IS USM, the Canon EF135 f2L USM, and the Canon EF180 F35L USM macro. Lenses to be discontinued sometime in 2021. The Canon EF35 F2 IS USM, the Canon EF 300mm F2.8L IS USM 2, the Canon EF 400mm F4 DO IS USM 2, and the Canon EF 500mm F4 IS USM Mark II. There seems to be some concern about the repairability of discontinued lenses. The information that I have received so far seems to show that the earliest these discontinued uh, will be beyond repairable life with the Canon themselves is December 31st, 2027. I imagine a lot of them will be repairable beyond that date. If you're worried about a specific lens, you can reach out to Canon themselves to see if they have a different date for repairs to be terminated. 
Next up, Canon announces the UHD 4K portable zoom lens, the CJ17EX 6.2B. All right, Melville, New York, April 7th, 2021. Designed to provide both stunning HDR imagery as well as beautiful 4K, Canon USA Inc. is introducing a new addition to its cost-effective UHD GC series of portable 4K broadcast zoom lenses, the CJ17EX 6.2B. This lens supports 4K UHD quality, optical performance, and provides operators with a compact, lightweight, and highly portable form factor for easy integration into houses of worship, ENG, and commercial environments. With the addition of this lens, Canon further expands its lineup of 4K broadcast lenses now at an industry-leading 18 models. The lens features a wide-angle focal length of 6.2 millimeters and a 17 times zoom ratio that brings the telephoto focal, focal length up to 106 millimeters. The lens is also equipped with a built-in 2 times extender that enables users to quickly double the focal length up to 200, or, yeah, 212 millimeters while maintaining amazing image quality and fine details. The lens utilizes UD ultra-low dispersion lens elements up optimally optimally arranged in a Canon proprietary optical configuration, providing superb color reproduction to the image's peripheral areas by enabling the suppression of potential chromatic aberrations, such as colors bleeding and fringing. Special lens coatings on all elements combined with a number of optomechanical categories on the interior of the lens barrel to help reduce ghosting and flaring. Like all Canon 4K lenses, the CJ17EX 6.2B comes standard with a drive unit that contains 16-bit absolute value encoders for smooth operation with CG environments, as well as three 20-pin connectors for easy integration into virtual and robotic systems. In addition, the lens supports HDR and WCG-compatible color grading, producing images rich with vivid colors and details. The lens is easy to maneuver and shoulder with its compact and lightweight design, weighing approximately 4.78 pounds and measuring approximately 6.49 inches width and 4.31 inches height and 9.46 inches in length. The lens itself is designed with optimally located hand grips to help minimize operator fatigue while shoulder mount recording. The availability, this lens uh, will be available in June of 2021. For more information, please visit usa.canon.com slash broadcast. So it is exciting to see that Canon is releasing yet another broadcast quality 4K lens. And as it mentioned earlier in the article, that puts them in the lead with 18 models of lenses to choose from in the broadcast sphere. So Definitely Canon is running away with this particular category of lenses. Next up, a new Canon ILC has hit certification. Hot on the heels of the recent lens certifications, Canon has now registered a new interchangeable lens camera with a Russian certificate of the agency. The new camera is codenamed DS12856. For reference, the EOS 1DX Mark III had the codename DS126771. Cameras that begin with DS can also be for the RF mount and generally denotes an ILC unless there's another Rebel in the pipeline. I would think that this is an RF mount camera. 
I have an idea what this camera is, but I will need to confirm some information. I expect at least one camera announcement before July, and this one could certainly be it. Stay tuned for more news as this development fleshes out. Industry news, DJI to release the Mavic Air 2s very soon. According to DRN, DJI will soon announce the Mavic Air 2 drone. Uh, Technic News has leaked a set of new images of the unreleased drone. Claim DJI Mavic, 2, or Mavic Air 2 specifications, 10-bit color, 600-gram takeoff weight, intelligent HDR, hyperlapse, and panorama, 8 gigabytes of internal storage, uh, master shots, 10 pre-programmed video flight modes, Spotlight 2.0, Point of Interest 3.0, Active Track 4.0, support for FPV goggle, uh, goggles version 2 and OcuSync version 3. DRN notes that OcuSync 3 is unlikely based on the Air 2S using the same controller as the Mavic 2, according to the images below. So it looks like uh, DJI is definitely plowing ahead with their latest generations of compact portable drones. And this is definitely something that's exciting and something that uh, my listeners are probably going to watch, watch out for, especially if you're into drones or if you're interested in possibly getting into drone photography and videography. I have been seriously debating picking up one of the Mavic drones to replace my DJI Phantom 3 Professional, which I parted with about a year ago. Um, I don't really want to be completely without a drone. I just didn't like the idea of having all that money tied up in the Phantom 3 Professional when I hadn't gotten my FAA license. I would still like to get my license eventually, but whether or not that happens, I'll have to wait and see. And last up from Canon for the Canon rumors for this week, Canon will release RF versions of the 300mm 2.8, the 500 f4 in early 2022. As you may already know, Canon plans to officially announce the RF 400mm f2.8 LIS USM and the RF 600mm f4 LIS USM likely later on this month. These are the first of many professional Super Telephoto Prime lenses for the RF mount. The EF version of the 400mm f2.8 and the 600mm f4 were updated in September of 2018 to bring them to version 3. Both the EF 300 2.8 LIS USM and the 500mm f4 LIS USM were last updated in 2011. I have been told that the RF versions of the later lenses will come in early 2022 and that the new RF 500mm f4 LIS USM will be extremely light and much shorter than the current version. The 300mm is a bit more interesting. According to my source, Canon may actually release the RF mount version of the 300 2.8 as a zoom, although there is reportedly a prime version also in development. I apologize for the confusion about the 300mm 2.8. As you may know by the RF lens roadmap, an RF 300mm f2.8 LIS USM is not listed. This is the first time that I've heard anything about such a lens. So it looks like Canon is certainly moving forward with their larger prime lenses for the RF mount, their large L glass, which is exciting because there are many of your professional photographers that are gradually making the transition over to the RF mount bodies, especially with the release of the EOS R5 and R6 and their amazing image quality, as well as their silent shutters at up to 20 frames per second. So I'm not shocked 
to see that Canon is really shifting into gear with releasing their L prime lenses. And I expect we'll see a lot more of these coming later on this year and in 2022. And now let's head on, on, on over to Nikon Rumors and see what they have for us for this week. First up, just announced the TT Artisan 21mm f1.5 lens for the Nikon Z mount. Today, TT Artisan released a new 21mm f1.5 mirrorless manual focus lens for the Nikon Z mount. The lens can be purchased directly from the Photo Rumors online store with free international shipping. Photo Rumors is an authorized TT Artisan and 7 Artisans dealer. And it looks like the lens is priced at $250 US, so not bad on the price. Update, the new TT Artisan's 21mm f1.5 is also listed now on Amazon US, Amazon UK, and at the Pergear Collection online store. Additional information for this new lens, it has an aperture range of f1.5 to 16 uh, has high refractive elements and one a spherical element. The optical design formula is here as well as the MTF chart. The lens specifications, focal length 21 millimeters, maximum aperture f1.5, minimum f16. The lens is full frame. The focus method is manual. Filter size is 72 millimeter filter holder. Closest focusing distance is 0.5 meters. The diaphragm blades, there's 10 pieces. Optical design is 13 elements in 11 groups. And the total weight is around 458 grams. And there are some great images of this lens here, uh, along with some of the uh, accessories that come with it. And, of course, this article and all the articles will be included in the show notes so that my listeners can check them out for themselves. Next up, Nikon Nikkor Z70-200 f2.8 VRS lens finally back in stock. The Nikon Nikkor 70-200 f2.8 VRS lens is finally back available at Adorama in the U.S., B&H and Amazon in the U.K. at Park Camera and in Canada at Camera Canada. Previous coverage of the Nikkor Z70-200 f2.8 VRS lens can be found in this accompanying article. The lens is available for $2,596.95. So if you've been waiting to get that lens for your Z6 or 7, 1 or 2, or your Z5, now's probably the time to grab it before they're all sold out of stock again. Next up, Reese compares the new Viltrox 85mm f1.8Z autofocus lens to the Nikkor 85mm f1.8S. Reese published a new video where he compares the Viltrox 85 1.8Z at $399 to the Nikkor 85mm 1.8S at $796.95 in terms of picture quality, autofocus, and build quality. You can watch this in accompanying video that's in this article in the show notes. You can get 10% off the Viltrox 85mm f1.8Z lens only at the official store with code Nikon Rumors. The lens is also available without discount at Amazon US, Amazon UK, Amazon Canada, Per Gear, and B&H Photo. Next up, new firmware updates for the Nikkor Z 20mm f1.8S and the Nikkor Z 85mm f1.8S mirrorless lenses. 
Nikon just released new firmware updates for these two lenses with a single fix. Fixed an issue with Z-series cameras that caused the shooting display to brighten momentarily and F- to appear in the aperture display while autofocus was in progress. Here are the download links. Uh, this is version 1.01 for each lens. You can get these lenses with pricing and availability for the 20mm at Adorama, B&H, Amazon, UK, DE, and Canada, Wex, Park Camera, Calumet, and Camera Canada. The 85mm is available from all of the same retailers. Next up, Nikon invests $91 million in the aerospace supplier startup Morph3D. Nikon has purchased a majority stake in the aerospace supplier startup company Morph3D. Nikkei estimates the deal at approximately 10 billion yen or $91 million. Here is the full press release. And I'm not going to read through all of this because it's fairly lengthy, but of course it'll be included in the show notes that my listeners can check it out for themselves. Interesting to see that Nikon is investing in the aerospace industry, uh, but not all that shocking. They're looking for other ways to diversify their portfolio of income streams. So why not try something new? Uh, uh, lately, the news has been getting a little bit better for Nikon. So hopefully they're finally in the process of getting things turned around. And last up from Nikon rumors for this week, SEPA February numbers no longer all red. SEPA, or Camera and Imaging Products Association in Japan, published their camera product, uh, production data for February 2021. Orange is 2021, black is 2020, blue is 2019. And you can view, view a larger version of the charts as well. February 2021 SIPA numbers, mirrorless unit sales and ship value, and full-frame lens units and ship value are up compared to January to February of 2020. Mirrorless units are up only 3%, but ship value is up by 45%, which means the units shipped are higher-end and more expensive units. The Let's see here. We have DSLR units shipped, 390000 uh, that's minus 15% year-to-date. DSLR shipped value, 15.4 billion yen. That's down 24% year-to-date. Mirrorless unit sales, 433,000, up 3% year-to-date. Mirrorless ship value is 43.6 billion yen, up 45% year-to-date. Compact units, 467,000, uh, down 20%. Compact shipped value, 9.7 billion yen, minus 24%. Lenses for smaller than 35mm units, 780K, down 24%. Lenses for smaller than 35 ship value, 10.6 billion yen, down 23%. Lenses for 35mm and larger units, uh, 649K, up 10%. Lenses for 35mm and larger ship value, 31.5 billion yen, up 8%. Mirrorless unit share of mirrorless plus DSLR, 53.7, was 48.8% from January to February of 2020. Mirrorless ship value share, 73.9%, was 60% the previous year. The ratio of lenses shipped to bodies shipped is 1.7 for January to February 2021. It was 1.77 for the same period in 2020. And for a list of participating SEPA companies can be found at the accompanying link in this article in the show notes. And with that, wrapping up Nikon rumors, I'm going to go ahead and take a short break. 
We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191. And you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com. And you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now, back to the show. All right, and now we're going to head on over to Fuji Rumors and see what he has for us for this week. First up, the Magic of Black and White 11th edition, completely rewritten with lots of new images taking, taken with the Fujifilm X-T1 and X-T2. Fellow Fujifilm shooter Andrew Gibson has na- just now published the 11th anniversary edition of his popular book, The Magic of Black and White. For this occasion, Andrew has completely rewritten it and added new photos and lots of new material. Most of the images inside the book have been taken with a Fujifilm X-T1 and X-T2 camera. The book is now available with a launch discount. You pay $10 instead of $14 until April 30th. The Magic of Black and White, it teaches you how to see in black and white, shows you how to become a better photographer. Many of the ideas apply to color photography as well. It's easy to read. The book comes in three formats, PDF, EPUB, and Mobi for Kindle, so you can choose the one that is best for your device. It's practical. You can treat each chapter as a creative exercise and go out and put the lessons into action. It has depth and will become an invaluable reference guide you'll return to again and again as your understanding of black and white deepens. Some of the subjects covered, why black and white is so popular with photographers, how to capture mood and atmosphere with black and white photography, why black and white is perfect for capturing the character of both people and places, the common misconceptions that stop people becoming good black and white photographers, which camera settings are important for black and white photography, why it's so important to connect with your subject, the key elements of composition in black and white, how to use light effectively in black and white photography, and why it's different from color, how to see when a scene will look good in black and white, the role of shadow and contrast in black and white photography, how to use storytelling to make more powerful black and white photos, how to add drama and excitement to your black and white photos, how to capture the spirit of a place with black and white, which software to use to develop your black and white photos, uh, how to become a better black and white photographer through themes and projects, and why it's so important to print your black and white photos and make photo books. It's definitely interesting. I had not heard of this book before, but I think I might have to check out a copy of it for myself. Uh, Definitely sounds interesting, and I've always been a huge fan of black and white photography myself. So I think I'm definitely going to pick up a copy of that and give it a look through and see what I find in there to help inspire me. Next up, Laua Argus 33mm f0.95 coming April 26th for $408. It looks like the Laua Argus 33mm f0.95 lens will be announced on April 26th at a price of $408. That's according to Camera Beta at Weibo here who writes, quote, The domestically produced Laua 33mm f0.95 lens listed on the National Bank on April 26th priced at 
2,981 uh, with a three-day pre-sale, number 26 through uh, 26 through 28, discount of 301, and a pre-order price of 2,681. The EXRZ Bayonet was launched simultaneously. Lyle lenses for Fujifilm X and GFX can be found at Venus Optics, B&H Photo, and Amazon US. So it is interesting to see this new lens is preparing to release later on this month, and I have a feeling it's probably going to be fairly popular with that f0.95 aperture. Next up, DP Review compares Adobe Camera Raw versus Free Capture One Express. As you might or might not know, I did switch to Capture One back in 2019. Uh, read here, it was inevitable. I am leaving Lightroom for Capture One Pro. I went for the full version, the one that supports all cameras, not only Fujifilm cameras. But for those of you who would like to make some basic editing without paying a single penny, Phase One offers Capture One Express for Fujifilm. Capture One Express obviously does not offer all features of the full version, and you can see a side-by-side -side comparison of the features on this accompanying page. And yet, DP Review went on to compare a subscription-based Adobe Camera Raw with the free Capture One Express for Fujifilm version. Down below, the final pros and cons they identify for each software. For the Capture One Express Fujifilm, pros available free with a Fujifilm camera includes all basic tools you're likely to need, clean, logical user interface, capable controls are a good match for ACR, Excellent image quality, great default noise reduction with minimal effect on detail, lifelike color and good skin foliage tones, good to great performance, choose which auto adjustments you want individually, database storage, and optional sidecar support too. Cons only supports Fujifilm cameras, only one license per email address given, not very customizable, no multi-monitor support minor issues with mixed res displays uh, auto adjustments tend to uh, to sacrifice highlights and shadows much more than adobe lens corrections don't match those in camera as well as adobe's sometimes crops images when set not to when correct uh, when corrected distortion now for the adobe camera raw pros clean uh, clear and modern interface supports a vast range of cameras from many brands. Great performance allows fine-grained adjustments with accurate real-time preview. Great image quality does a great job with highlights and shadows. Color rendering is very close to Capture One prior to adjustments. Cons: reoccurring subscription fee with no perpetual license option. Camera support can take a while to arrive for more obscure features or even fairly big ones like camera matching profiles. Occasionally. Occasionally unflattering skin tones, one-click auto control produces overly contrasty saturated results, and the noise reduction needs much more manual tweaking than with Capture One. To read the full article, check, out, check it out on DP Review. Breaking Fujinon XF 18mm f1.4 announcement date leaked now on Fuji Rumors. According to our trusted sources, the Fujinon XF18 f1.4 announcement is very near. In fact, I've been informed that the lens will come exactly on drumroll April 15th. So mark this date on your calendar and make sure to follow the non-stop live launch coverage on FujiRumors.com. Next up, DP Review, Fujinon XF70-300, F4-5.6, Field Review, and Silver Award. 
DP Review published its field review of the XF70-300 F4-5-6RLMOISWR. Uh, F4 the lens gets the silver award. I am a bit confused, like when they complain about autofocus speed and chromatic aberration, but only if used with the XF2 times TCWR teleconverter. So they put it in the negative list, even though it's not about the performance of the lens itself. It's also a bit confusing how they complain about the lens feeling plasticky, but at the same time, they say it's well-built and also light. So a pro well-built and lightweight turns into a con, but it's plastic. Maybe that uh, maybe they just needed to make the cons list longer and find a way to complain about Fuji AF again. I mean, it's a two times teleconverter. What did they expect? Anyways, here are the pros and cons. What we like, great versatility and build quality. Weather sealed and well stabilized, compact and light for it. For its type, aperture ring is nice to have. Zoom lock disables automatically. Good consistent sharpness. Ghosting isn't an issue and pretty nice sun stars too. Swift silent autofocus, minimal breathing, surprisingly good macro performance. Pairs nicely with optional 1.4 times and 2 times teleconverters. Cons, what we don't like. Feels quite plasticky. Focus and zoom rings are a bit loosey-goosey. Uh, strong uh, onion rings can make bokeh rather busy significant cat's eye near the corners if shooting wide open af and tracking slow down noticeably when using an optional two times teleconverter significant chronomatic chronomatic aberrations when using an optional two times teleconverter they also say quote in some respects the fujifilm xf 70 to 300 f4 to 56 turns into in a great performance given its compact lightweight design and quite affordable price tag although it does feel a bit plasticky in hand it's nevertheless quite well constructed and it's easy to overlook the use of plastic given the significant weight savings it allows. Fujifilm has also done quite well on the control front save for the overly loose focus and zoom rings. In some respects, image quality also satisfies, especially for subjects like sports and wildlife and thanks to its swift autofocus drive, it should handle both with Blom, and it's also a surprisingly capable macro lens. Our biggest concerns with the 70-300 are its bokeh issues, both with the onion ring and cat's eye. These will be most troubling for portraits shot against the backdrop of strong specular highlights, but could lead to unnecessary distracting bokeh in a variety of situations. They shouldn't pose much problem for sports and nature shooters, however. Aside from critical bokeh assessment, it's Optical and autofocus performance are excellent, so if you're an X-mount shooter looking for a lot of reach, you can have little reason to look elsewhere. You can read the full review at DP Review in the accompanying article. And last up from Fuji Rumors for this week, Sam Yang, a tiny f1.8 lens for astrophotography coming April 19. April 9th. Okay, so a few days ago, we told you about how Sam Yang was teasing new lenses for full frame and APS-C coming soon, specifically designed for astrophotography. Now, Sam Yang released an official teaser also on their Instagram page announcing it for April 9th. 
They write, quote, today's superstar is a new member going to go uh, joining Sam Yang's tiny F1.8 series. Release your infinite imagination anywhere with the newest Sam Yang lens beaming LED light even in the dark. Find out more on this superstar on April 9th, 2021 to be continued. Also on their Facebook page, Sam Yang writes, ever had trouble setting infinity focus mode with a lens in pitch black darkness? We hear you. Everything is possible with our newest member, Tiny Lens of the Tiny Series. Please welcome with a big applause the newest Tiny F1.8 Series lens on April 9th, 2021. Sam Yang lenses for Fujifilm can be found at B&H Photo, Amazon US, and Adorama. And that is going to wrap up Fuji Rumors for this week. And last but not least, let's head on over to Sony Alpha Rumors. First up, exciting, Tamron teases the launch of a new lens on April 22nd. Tamron will announce a new FE lens on April 22nd, likely to be a big zoom. That is all that I have on that at the moment. New TT Artisan 21mm f1.5 full-frame wide-angle lens now available on Amazon. You can buy it at Amazon US, Amazon DE, and Amazon UK. This is a a duplicate article from earlier in the episode uh, because the lens is available in multiple camera bayonet mounts. New leaked image of the Laowa 33mm f0.95 APS-C E-mount lens. And again, this is a continuation from the earlier article on this lens. Camera Beta leaked this image of the new Laowa 33mm f0.95 APS-C E-mount lens. It will go on sale in China for 3,000 won, around 450 US, on April 26th. Next up, first leaked image of the new Samyang 12mm f2.0 APS-C E-mount lens. This is the first leaked image of the new Samyang lens, uh, which does have autofocus. It will cost around $450. An announcement is possible for this next coming week. And there are some interesting images there, as well as, uh, 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 what do they call a breakaway view or exploded view of what the internals of the lens look like, you know, with the accompanying diagram. It is an intriguing-looking lens. Next up, you can now pre-order the new Voigtlander 35mm f.2 Lanthar FE lens at B&H Photo for $1,149. You can also pre-order the. Uh, you can now pre-order the lens at B&H Photo. Uh, it is also going to be available at Adorama and Amazon, as well as Focus Camera, but not quite there yet. You can also pre-order the Sony Alpha 1 at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon, and Focus Camera. The AA1 in Europe at Photo Earnhardt DA, Calumet DE, Photo Koch DE, Park UK, and Wex UK. Um, the Sony 50mm f1.2 GM pre-orders are available at B&H Photo, Amazon, Adorama, and Focus Camera in Europe at Photo Koch Germany, Calumet Germany, Photo Earnhardt, Park Cameras UK, and Jessup's. 
And last from Sony Alpha Rumors for this week, just announced the new Samyang 24mm f1.8 FE astrophotography lens. You can see the full specs, the MTF graphs, and image samples on Samyang's product page. Pre-order should be online soon at B&H Photo. Samyang writes, the new tiny lens is designed for landscape and astrophotography photographers. Thanks to its compact size and lightweight with minimized uh, co- coma and short minimum focusing distance. You can enjoy photography day and night. This lens provides outstanding corner-to-corner image quality for maximum of f1.8 aperture and smooth and natural looking bokeh. The new features of focus hold button and LED indicator maximize the usability for capturing the night sky. And there are some accompanying YouTube videos on this new lens. Looks like it's definitely going to be an exciting lens. It's very compact. Um, So I have a feeling it's going to be popular with a lot of landscape photographers as well as astrophotographers. So I would not be surprised if we see a good size spike in pre-orders for this fantastic new lens for the Sony E-mount. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, that is going to wrap up episode 146 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I wanted to also remind my listeners, you can stop by the LiamPhotography.net online store to pick up a signed copy of the Forgotten Pieces of Georgia in the Northwest Counties or an unsigned copy at Amazon.com and at uh, BarnesandNobles.com. Also ask you to stop by on YouTube and check out the Liam Photography Uh, YouTube channel, give the videos a look at, give them a like, share, subscribe, and hit the little bell icon so you can be notified when new videos drop. You can also find Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Forgotten Pieces of Pennsylvania on YouTube as well. All right, that is going to wrap this episode. I will see you all again on Thursday.